Now, the uh, reading and sermon are intertwined because I'm doing both. Um, so I'm going to read the passage to you in sections. Now, what we're doing over the summer is a number of preachers um, will be coming, some uh, uh, different preachers in the first service and the second one, so we get a nice variety. And basically what I said to everyone was choose a character or a passage which isn't already in the series called being human in a God-shaped world and preach on it. And we've got a wonderful collection of, uh, of different characters outside of Genesis. And I'm looking at Exodus today, but, um, and so it's just, uh, we'll be really blessed over the summer. Um, I've chosen Jethro um, and we find Jethro in Exodus 18. Um, and Jethro was Moses's father-in-law. And so um, before, I'm going to start reading at Exodus 18, verse 5. Now, the story before this is that Moses is tired. He was used by God to defeat the Amalekites. Um, and the Israelites won so long as Moses kept his arms up in the air. Um, the power of worship, eh? And Moses sends his wife, Zipporah, and his sons to Jethro, his father-in-law. And Jethro has heard, therefore, all that God has done for the Israelites. So we start at verse 5. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, together with Moses' son and wife, came to him in the wilderness, where he was camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent word to him, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the, the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them. Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and the Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in the presence of God. So uh, Jethro goes to visit Moses together with his daughter and his grandsons. And Moses greets him in an exuberant way. He's really pleased to see him and he tells him everything that's happened. And Jethro is impressed and sacrifices and celebrates honoring God. That's day one. On day two, this is what happens. So verse 13. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? So what do we see Jethro doing? 
Well, firstly, he sees what's going on. And of course, one of the important things is that he's a fresh pair of eyes. He's coming into this situation and he sees what's going on. The second thing he does is he questions. Why are you doing that? But the third thing that he's doing is he's supporting. He's supporting Moses, as we'll see in a moment. And so maybe there's something for us in that, which is that when we come into a situation, whether it be familiar or ideally something that we haven't been involved in, and we can look, really look at what's going on, look at what's, what's happening with the people involved, those leading, those involved. And then we can ask questions. He's not being critical. He's just saying, why are you doing that? Have you thought of the way in which this is going on and the way, the impact that it has? And therefore, he's going to say, have you thought there might be another way of doing it? And I think in this season, as we start to open things up, we've been doing this all along, and I encourage everyone to do this, which is look and see and question and support. So it goes on for verse 15. Moses answered him, because the people come to, uh, come to me to seek God's will, whenever they have a dispute is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Now Moses in his response assumes that this is the way it ought to be because it's the way it is emerged and it's the way it, it works. But he is the one who judges everything. This is how it is. So Moses is still in that position of thinking, well, of course they would come to me because I'm the one who judges. Let's see what happens. Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it all alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who make dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide for themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Now bear in mind the background to this is that Jethro already knows that Moses is tired because of the, the other major roles that he's taken on, particularly in battle. So Jethro critiques and suggests, firstly, this is not good. That's an important way in which he does it. He says, it is not good. He's commenting on the situation. He could have said, you are doing it wrong. Or he could have said, and this is a banned phrase, by the way, I was disappointed to note because both of those are personal. You've got it wrong, 
or I was disappointed. Actually, it is not good. Depersonalizes it and makes it about the outcome, not the people. So he starts off really well. This is not good. And he says, you're a representative. You don't have to do everything. And very importantly, he says, teach them and show them. You know that thing about um, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach him to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Teach them to do it for themselves and then you just deal with the difficult ones. And he says, select deputies. He's, he's saying, delegate. Otherwise, it's going to crush you. You know, this thing is going to crush you. So share the load and that will be of mutual benefit. It's better for you and it's better for the people. They will grow. They will hopefully not have so many disputes because they'll know what causes disputes in the first place. And you won't be crushed by the, the workload that you keep sucking into yourself by making it just about you. Can we think how this might apply to churches? There's a model in the church um, which in a way goes back to our, our, our Roman Catholic roots, which is that everything goes through the priest. And that, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, this idea about the priest being the limiting factor, you know, um, and actually it's not healthy either. That actually we're a family together and there's, there's something about leadership being leading amongst, you know, uh, amongst everybody else. And so I love this story that actually Jethro comes in with those fresh eyes. He has a look at somebody who's been burdened by ministry and says, there is another way. And the other way is that everybody gets involved. So my first belief was that everybody can see and ask questions and support. But the other is to take on more of the responsibility of being a disciple, being a member of the body of Christ, a part of the body of Christ, so that we don't create disputes and we do work together rather than look, and I'm, it's not particularly the case in Christchurch, that that is the case, but what inevitably happens in a crisis like the pandemic I remember I go back a year ago and I was admin, I was vicar, I was preacher, you know, I was doing everything because we just had to work out what was going on. And of course, what I need to do is to then let go and, and hand back to people as well. So part of your seeing and, and commenting and supporting is, Doug, you shouldn't be doing that. Or, you know, Jude, you shouldn't be doing that. Or Chuck, you shouldn't be doing that, whatever. Let somebody else do it. Oh, don't do it all. Don't do it at all. And it's a, it's a time to be having those critical eyes just to say, that is not good. There is another way. So verse 24, it says, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel, made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. They served as judges for the people all the time and difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. 
Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way and Jethro returned to his own country. So we should always be willing to listen. We should always be willing to change and we should share the load and avoid burnout, not just for the leaders, but for everyone. That could apply to house group leaders. It can apply to anybody who's doing anything. There is always another way.